what's your ideal brand collaboration? Personally, or in front of I just, we always talk about the ones that don't work. And we don't yeah, talk about the ones question. that we like, or the ones that we, like, oh, I would really hope for this. Yo, check it out. A whole new generation of young people today who belong nowhere. But I prefer to be now cast during culture kids, where the concept of the Dukkan is the, the corner shop or the top We are live outside. Hey, yo, what's up, people? What up, nation? It's a revolution of expression. You tuned in to the Dukkan show. Stay tuned in. Arab digital generation is shaping our identity, their creative expression, and their future. So please give a very warm welcome. Welcome to your tribe. What are we, what's our topic for today? What do we got, Reem? What did you want to talk about, Reem? My Reem G, there ready. was a lot we wanted to talk about. Okay, okay so what, no, I'll tell you what happened. So there's a hotel in the Philippines right. that put out a memo oh, yeah. uh, publicly. Door, Once again, this bathroom door situation. Always. You guys have a problem with the bathroom door open. So, yeah, I want to oh. talk about that. Yes. Okay. So, so what was it about? We got two topics. So we're going to talk about Akawi and I's beef with the bathroom door. But also, I think, to what actually matters to this episode <laughs> is there's a, hotel, there's, there's a hotel or a resort in the Philippines somewhere that decided to not accept influencers in their hotel anymore. Is I'm that correct? Okay so, are we, yep. okay, so here's a question about that. I was reading it. Are we with or against it? Uh, I'm for it to a certain extent. I What's believe a certain that, extent? Okay, so uh, first, uh, so the... Oh, Shafin on Halik? No, my name is Rain. Oh, okay. she asked to introduce herself <laughs> now? Listen, 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 listen. So the, the whole thing, the reason I shared it with you guys was because this guy, I believe he's German, I'm not sure. He's obviously married a Filipino lady and they've opened not a big hotel. It's not like a Marriott. It's one of those, uh, you know... Uh, what is it called? Banana, banana Resort or something like that. And he went, on a, he went on a Facebook rant saying, if you are an influencer, we no longer welcome you here. It's in the Philippines or Vietnam? No, in Philippines. Okay. And he basically told them that, you know, another way to stay at our hotel, get a job. <laughs> like he was Touché. very like, you know. But you know what? I'm, I'm with it. Because, Wait. but it's, it's we, I'm, not, I'm he's, not, he's talking about the travel blogger because the travel blogger is a very interesting beast. There was a world of like Tim Ferriss and the four hour work week and these 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 digital entrepreneurs that were like but promoting their their they would go and, and 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 reach out to brands, hotel brands specifically to stay for free in exchange for great content. OK, now I believe the question but, here. But I thought but some of the digital nomads are not uh, digital necessarily nomads, content cool. creators. No, not all of them are content creators, so, but in particular, the ones that he targeted, the ones mm -hmm. that he 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 pretty much said. I, they're not welcome are these people that and I understand because brands are not seeing the ROI mm -hmm. from all you have to pick don't the say brands let's, let's stick to hospitality especially in hospitality no no exactly because you can't you can't stick you, I, I agree you have to we're talking about the vertical of hospitality because mm -hmm. it is you can't, you can't generalize this conversation it's, it doesn't no, work no because it right? works for other industries I understand right. that but yeah. in particular the travel vlogger blogger influencer is a very unique beast right yeah because they're targeting a universe that's in their world, right? It's a market that's in their world. They, they've mm -hmm. created a base maybe in Germany or in France, or sure. how will you know their impact? You have to do your research as the, as the hotel to yeah. see which, which person you're gonna allow. And if that impact is real to begin with. So I can only but, imagine, go ahead. No, but it's not, no, so with this, with my opinion on this is that I agree that you need to have this whole, get that travel influencer, blogger, whatever in here, but there, it started failing when hotels started to get anyone with a following and giving yes. them a hotel room and they used and they just post themselves in the hotel room and hotels were like dope. 
But if you actually get someone like you said, which is not just a content, but someone that's going to write, that has the platform, that reviews, hey, but nowadays you get but a I guy think, that doesn't do hospitality. I agree. The but, sneaker but, reviews, I think but he is, still gives you a This room. is something important to highlight, which is that the difference between a quote-unquote influencer and a content creator, right? And I think that's where it matters because what the hotel eventually is looking for is reviews that this is a great place you guys should come here and spend your time when you travel to this destination from from a business i'm breaking it down yeah, as a marketing yeah, 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 pr yeah. business point of view yeah. right um whereas and this is just like when reem and i last year did the um the atm which is the arab travel market by we, the way we were fire we were part of a panel that had um her name is to me to me to me if i'm not mistaken right and she is a specifically she is a travel blogger and photographer like do you meet my concern anyway do you, do you meet my concern <laughs> right like so, she, um, she's very I, I believe that it's interesting because she's very targeted in what she does yes. she goes she does heavy duty reviews like very detailed no, even incredibly critical and like she talks about these spaces so like and i agree it's not just giving a room to any influencer like hey come and stay here and write a a review or a post about us right as opposed to getting those who actually matter people like uh, yasmin for example the algerian uh, photographer because um, what's great about Yasmin, and not because she's a friend, but I actually want to credit her on this. She packages her vacations throughout the year with public holidays. Like she found a formula where if she's got two days off because it's a public holiday, she ends up adding three days from her 30 days annual leave. And now she's got seven days worth of a break. Like very right? well planned, I yeah, must say. And Anna. she travels, she t- she, and she's a <laughs> phenomenal photo- photographer. So she travels, she takes uh, photos and videos people. and creates content of her trip. Somebody like her, I understand. But she has a following as well. She has a very significant Arab female following. Because to your point, I don't mind them. I I understand and I agree with you about the difference between getting a blogger, vlogger, reviewer, and content creator. But getting a person to create content and them just taking a portrait mode picture of their breakfast or the sharash of ta'ul al-takhit, it doesn't put you (laughs) in their content creator. But, but to your point, for example, yeah. Nabil, Rolling Prodigy, he yeah. always goes to Bali and he shoots content that is used by the tourism board, that's used by the hotel for out yeah. of home for their store. That's content. That's worth it. But I agree. Yeah. And, and I think that's I, um, to those guys. Maybe his response was aggressive. I'm going to I'm going to read the, the, the email. Yeah, I was yeah, just yeah, yeah. reading it up. Um, but I think his response was too aggressive to the issue. So this is the article on the Hustles newsletter, right? Refusing to pay the Insta tax, a Philippine hostel declares independence from influencers. What's the Insta tax? Ah, the Insta. Uh, ah, okay, I thought like here there's the <laughs> la, tax. La, la, no, 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 no. no, no, no. It's Just the... like, yeah. So a Philippine surf hostel called the White Banana Beach Club recently declared independence from influencers who demand free stuff, proclaiming White Banana is not interested to collaborate with self-proclaimed influencers. Um, it was a Facebook rant, which, uh, but it also shows the long-time simmering tension between travel influencers and hostels. Are, and hotels are reaching a boiling point. So that's pretty much like a. a but a I don't. Well, so, it's only that one place. I haven't heard anywhere else. No, no, no. It's the practice of saying because it begins this journey. And the, I love the hustle. Uh, by the way, the hustle is a newsletter. I I unsubscribe to most newsletters. I have kept the hustle for a long time because they write very pointed. Uh, but discussion you get points. all your updates from them. They're so good. They're really anything really good. I need to know. I feel like. They have an idea of what information I care about. Right. And they just present that every time. So here's what the hustle is pointing out. The hustle is pointing out the issue that there might be places that where influencers are no longer people that are welcome. Yep. They no longer will welcome you. as in, so an, uh, And they might see that as a marketing point. 
someone who is trying to just find a place because the truth is the opposite side of us using influencers versus content creators if there even is such a disparity yeah. or like a difference um, is that people who are going to go they don't trust the reviews they don't a lot of people will not trust of course you won't like you will trust a TripAdvisor review over somebody's Instagram do you know what I mean? No, but, no, but nowadays there's some apps that actually give you, they uh, lock you in with locals and they give you the full... Uh, there are some great apps that <laughs> lock you in directly and you no, can but, immediately get in but, touch but with here's the, the thing, local. To, to, to your point, um, I don't trust when I see Instagram posts from influencers telling me this is a great place for reviewing go. products, especially when they have a track record of getting paid for reviews. Exactly. Yeah, I don't mind right? them getting paid. No, no, no. Get paid, get your money. But... I'm not going to take everything you say as gospel, right? I'm, I take it with a grain of salt. I question a couple of things about the information. You know, you to provided. your point, I don't think, do we have someone in Dubai that like uh, an influencer or reviewer that actually gives bad reviews? Yes. Who? Um, what do you mean none? Who? What like who's mean? someone that if they went to a, I don't know. With a brand partner? Oh, you mean, you mean in the hospitality space? Them, you know? No, I don't think so. But in the uh, tech space, space. Uh, no, the tech, the tech guys are pretty critical. But the tech guys are, they're critiques. They're yeah, not yeah. just influencers, right? So, and that usually they have the luxury of doing like uh, product comparisons, right? But you, they still do critique. Yeah, yeah they but do, critiques they don't get paid, no? Do no, they? I, some don't of the, no. I, no I don't think brands. Would some of the critiques are. Some of the critiques are. But here's oh, okay. the thing: they don't tell you this is bad. They'd be like, for argument's sake, they're not going to tell you the new Samsung is horrible. They'll tell you, oh, the iPhone camera is better. They list the pros versa. and cons, but that's it. Uh, that's worse to that, than but to that point, but to that point, the the biggest. Influen I think Rim, you should do it. <laughs> Thank you. The biggest influencers, in my opinion, grew their brand on opinions that were divorces of dissent. For example, I Huda, the what? Huda Beauty. Uh -huh. Okay. She was not completely, she, she was very critical of a lot of the makeup and that gave her an authority, a, a space of authority. I but think you're that talking about you're a time way before all this. I way agree. before all this positivity and getting paid and, positivity you know. Positivity and getting paid. Really? I think we're pretty critical. I'm just talking in general. But I agree with you, yes. But Huda Brutal was from a different time. True. Maybe the, now that you're mentioning it, I would only be able to pinpoint someone in the tech space. Yeah. I and don't think anyone no, I know no, no. in travel. So like, I mean, just this weekend, we're reviewing cameras for our live stream. The webcams we're yeah. going to, right? And even then, we went on YouTube. And usually what you're going to find, someone that's comparing different brands. And sometimes within the same brand, just different categories that give you the same output. Right. Right. And it's, to be honest, it's a very fair, in my opinion, uh, it's a fair argument that they make because they're going to show you how the, the three or four or ten or even two different cameras show you the same shot. Right. Right. With the same pro uh, properties and with the same edits and everything. So then it's clear what the cam camera can and cannot do. Right. And I think that is a fair way to do it because they're not going to tell you this camera is horrible. No. They're just allowing you to see for what it is and, you know, testing it out. Yeah. And I think that's the advantage. It's like when I wanted to buy headsets. I spent two months comparing two of the biggest headsets in the market at the time to see which is the best one, best one that fit my needs. Mm -hmm. Sometimes reviews are very, are they get very techy. You're right. Right. But then I actually go and test it out. And something as simple as it doesn't fit my ear is a big deal for me. Right. Whereas that might not matter to somebody else. Yeah. Right. So at least you take the reviews, you tell, and then you go out and try out the product and see it in the store and be like, all right, this was what works for me or it doesn't. But I think for the for the hotel uh, and in, uh, for the hospitality game in general, telling me to stay somewhere, I would play depending on what I see. 
I think, I think the way you create your content matters too. I this think, is why yeah. I was, my argument of like a content creator versus an influencer because if you're if you're a fashion if you're one of the fashion um, Instagram girls or guys, I'm not gonna take your I'm not gonna take your vote as a credible vote for telling me this is a great place. Unless to stay. you've had a blog that's been you know? with you Unle- for a while and you blog about certain stuff, then yes. But you define your brand as a brand of authority, like a voice of authority, right? Whereas like I think. Where what I'm, what, your point is correct. There was a time, maybe two or three years ago, even five years ago, where you made your name being a voice of critique and positivity. So you had a balance between this is the stuff I love. I'm this is a holy grail and I love it. And this stuff is not really great. And the brand has to improve itself. No, hundred percent. But nowadays, you're right. I think a lot of people who want to make a living online need to be nice because otherwise the hand that feeds them which is the brands will not be nice to them yeah. but where do we sit like as a Dukan show yani where yeah. do we sit on this spectrum we like are we I, sh- I i hardly think we're influencers guys like i no, don't no, think no no we're not but first of all no one listens but to by the way I say. so this, this, we, epi- this we, epidemic and I, there's a reason i'm calling it an epidemic is because there were too many people that are getting into that space right and they were, their numbers are questionable sometimes. Uh, certain people, yes, they do buy a lot, so there's a lot of question about their numbers. But also, the, they became incredibly expensive for, peop- for brands to be able to afford their services. That resulted in the birth of, quote, unquote, the micro-influencers, right? Where you're over 1,000 followers, a couple of thousand, maybe three to... 20k it's micro because it's easy it's it's easily trackable it's easily trackable but also i think they're easier to work with i think with big numbers egos grow as well sometimes and i think a lot of brands have complained to me about that look Um, ego and professionalism are two different things to be the devil's advocate in this and no even but if they have the reach they need to charge you this is what what i'm saying like Like that's what it comes and tells you ten thousand dollars and it's Nowadays, and we're getting to it, it's much better than a billboard. No, but here's the thing. This Are is, you kidding? Of course. No, no, but here's the brand's issue is I cannot prove ROI. Your reach, your views are not enough. But how do you prove ROI on a, so for on example, a billboard? So on a billboard? Example. No, on a billboard, I can't prove ROI. The whole obsession with digital and the reason why digital marketing came to its birth was ROI. I have numbers that I can show you exactly that is trackable. Analytics, right? Mm. This is why agencies hire analytics experts. Now, yeah, 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 100%. Right? Yeah. Whereas TV tells you we had... 50 or 100,000 views. Okay, but did they see my ad? Are they going to buy my product? All these questions but are raised. The but, then never but, with, but with digital, it, there, is a, there isn't a way you're right. But unless you make like a clickable banner, something. No, there is a way to track There is a trackable thing. So for example, now in the world of podcasts, I can create a Dukang discount. No, 100%. Right? But then so it then depends you on what my you want to do. So if my ROI, and I would use it, even if that is not your ROI as a brand, I would use that as a testing model. Okay, here... I'm going to pay you, but this is also your discount to show that you can actually, this actually sells. Because if it doesn't work, because here's the thing, realistically speaking, 5 to 10% are going to see your content um, genu- authentically, without, uh, organically, sorry, without any media spend behind it, right? Yeah. Out of that 5 to 10%, let's take the worst case scenario. Let's take a 5, then uh, probably about five half of that. Half of that might actually be interested in buying. Might or actually bu- click. click. And then half of that. But might the actually, clicks, I'll see the clicks. Yeah. Then I can I can prove that you know what they were interested enough to yeah. click, right? But then to actually make a purchase, then there's a discounted rate. There's something. Then I can see how much of that yeah. I can actually lead to purchase, right? Right. And this is and this was it's so interesting because this is like a 2.0 part of this conversation. So my cousin 
been in, ad, in, in digital and social media advertising for a very long time. And when we used to live together, we'd have these debates all the time. Like, and one of the questions I always used to ask is like, is there a way I can prove that this work or not? And at the time, there wasn't. Right? It would just show you your reach, your engagement, and if there was a click, there's a click. And this was not only uh, an Instagram or a Facebook. This was just social media uh -huh. in general. Where yep. We were figuring it out. Right? And I'm talking about this was in 2011. Right? Where we're, like, we're testing things out and what can we do and how can we you know, um, improve it. And this was when you know, I would get Twitter influencer. Like Twitter was the space you'd play in. You know, at the time, uh, when I was, that was the time I was doing radio with Danny. And we stopped taking phone calls on the show. We would ask people to tweet, to hit us up on Twitter to get, you know, their music played or their shout outs mentioned and things like that. And that is a great way to see impact and influence because now it's, it's measurable. I can see right. awareness and impact is different from what we're yeah, saying yeah. about leading but, the sales. But this is the thing. It there is, I mean, because we're, we come from the industry, we know there's. You have different ROIs based on your campaign. Right. Is it a reach? Is it an yeah, awareness? Yeah, is yeah it, but the average actual sale? the average content but creator doesn't know that. Like to pull they don't. it, we have a no. very advanced approach to the way we deal with our clients and brands and uh, ourselves. Also, uh, sorry, you were saying. No, I'm just saying that the discussion, like we're in a second phase discussion, right? Like, sorry, second. It's a very elevated discussion when you start to talk with brands about ROI beyond what the average, like what what they normally would expect. We yeah. sell that second layer because we understand it but the average person who's creating content doesn't necessarily understand the half the things that you guys have said do you know what i mean i would i would disagree because i remember and my one of my old social media jobs this was 2013 one of my friends nadia she she was a fashion influencer uh, a lot of people would i mean i'm sure a lot of girls in the region follow her account, which is the fierce nay and she be, she made a name for herself yeah. very quickly yeah. at that time right and I remember we had a few events and we're, I was working with her on a few things. And, you know, because like I'd call her up. I was like, yo, I need your help with this. And then we actually had fashion brands that wanted to, like, work with us. And she was one of the first people that came to mind, obviously, because, like, oh, I'm a hookup friend. But what did she do? For, she did it for a living? That's all she did. Okay, this good. was in 2012, 2013. That's and all she did. Today, she has shoes that she designs in Bloomingdale's. Like, she's beyond creating yeah. content. Now she owns her own product, right? Right. What um, is it selling? Whether it's selling, I don't know. I, I, it, that's, no, it, it, that's why they did it. But no, 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 but it is no, selling. No. It is selling because it was, it's kind of like, it's the same pipeline. It's is it hers or she no, no, it's her, her, with a brand? No, no, it's hers. Ah, it's her brand. No, no, yeah. her ah, brand. Okay, okay. She sells in blue. She, put she it has in a shoe. So she wholesales yeah. in blue. Okay. Yeah, but she has a product. I, I don't um, know. It doesn't have to be a her. No, 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 but what I'm saying is, in 2012, when I asked her, I was like, hey, I'm working, we got a couple of brands that we're working with, and I think you'd be a perfect fit. She's like, great, let me send you my press kit. She had stats and numbers and everything broken down in it at a time where that wasn't the common language. Yeah, that's but where did she right? work? We're 2019 now. She straight out of school. Yeah, she didn't. She didn't well, work. Right, but yeah. my point is, we're sitting in a room. We were sitting in a room last week with the large, some of the largest YouTubers in Saudi who didn't have a press kit. That's true, but I think it's. It, you know it, it goes. Like, I think it goes to being seasoned. Like these guys are incredibly young, right? And they were overnight success. Well, not necessarily no, overnight, but they were. They were very quick successes. Like. Because they also had people like Fahad Sal to come in and talk to them as well. Talk, right? By as, the time you're sitting creator. in the YouTube space, you've done something so right. I agree. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But even that, to do something so right, they didn't need to prove ROI. They didn't need a press kit. They didn't need to get in contact with brands. Yeah, but YouTube they made is content. No, I'm, I, but they, they, they happen to be sitting there because they have YouTube channels. But they have other platforms that we weren't talking about because we were in the Google space. Well, because they're bigger. Because you need to also remember. Uh, okay, this is a whole other YouTube conversation. YouTube is their main YouTube, that leads. Uh, no, and it's gaming. Yeah. 
a lot of them were gaming. Yes, I agree. But and that's you, why they no, had the that girls, overnight three-year success. Yeah, but the but the gaming space looks like the beauty space of 2011, 2012, and 2013. Okay. Where mm. it looks the same. Where you're like, okay, I'm gonna do this, and guys literally just want to show their games. You know what I mean? Because of that PewDiePie guy or whatever. Yeah. And anyways, my point here is that I just think that there's still a universe of content creators who are just creating content and don't necessarily have that bridge of deep understanding about their value. I agree. You know what I mean? And the part, the part that I'm kind of conflicted about is the only way they can imagine doing this for a living sustainably is to connect with brands and say, hey, charge me for this. Charge. They don't know how to show ROI in the way we would, you know? Yeah. And so but, this and creates a, a rift that, in our, in our in environment, It does, right? and I think part of that language, I think, is also a responsibility on the brands or the agencies to ask for that. Nah, fair enough. Um, because all these channels give you analytics, yeah. uh, naturally, right? Yeah. I don't need to pay for expensive social media tools yeah. now. I can just go look at my back end, and I That's have the true. numbers to prove it. So whether it's YouTube, Facebook, it's Instagram, even Snap, I think Snapchat's the only one which doesn't show you, but all the rest show you numbers. And they, they, can, they can review that. So as a brand, like, okay, what's your reach? Even if you don't understand what that means. Because now brands, and we, we, we went through this in the YouTube, is that like, like I'm an ex-brand, of course. Um, so yani, I either reach out to them because I know, or I reach out to the agency that gets me these numbers. Yani, mm. Whether they like it or not, even if they got this out, the agency is going to ask you or make it for you because they want to make money. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, here, not in Saudi. Okay. Uh, speaking of the UAE, I'm so back, yeah, can no. you t- can you talk about the difference between how here functions and how Saudi functions? We're, we're very developed uh, here. The the Saudi market, Yanni, even though there's much more uh, people, influencers, whatever you want to call them, but a lot of them is like OT said. A lot of them came out of gaming yeah. football, so they're kids. They're they're the ones like Fahad Sal, like the other Sal, yeah. uh, like the guy that ate the whole shark. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Sahs. Sahs. Like these guys. Yeah, these yeah. guys have been in the game for a while and they know how it works. They've been out. They've known. The younger the, guys. The younger guys. Still, the younger guys. It happened. Yeah. And he, so correct me if I'm wrong. Fat telling them worked for it and they knew what they were doing. Sahs knew it. I think these young guys did it out of fun. But then when it exploded, they do, they weren't planning it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which I think is the and case. Some of them said I think it. it's the case with a lot of content yeah. creators. Like they didn't know where they're, they're getting into and suddenly. Brands are reaching out to them and they're getting all this attention, and they they didn't they panicked they, they were really scared because mm. they're like okay how do I manage this what do I need to do and this was one of the common uh, this was one of the most common things they yeah. asked me where you know brands reach out to them what do I do and he's like can I reach out to a brand I'm like yeah of course you can reach out to a brand but then their question is but does that make me look bad does it make me look neat I'm like. Listen, if you're running this as a business, sometimes you got to reach out. Sometimes they come to you. You just like, need to know to who to reach out and how yeah, many at this time. It, and also, it just shows that, to your point, they just they made it, and suddenly they're in the limelight, and they're trying to figure out how to act and how to be professional. Yeah. And also, to answer your question about the difference between here and there, is that now brands, not now, like in the past year-ish, brands are putting Saudi as a bigger target. Before, Saudi was, but no, there wasn't that. Like when I used to do football for Saudi, yani, you either touch base with the players as the influencers, as the people that are the voice of the brand campaign, or there there wasn't that many influencers or YouTubers for, or there wasn't that There's, agency that they can find. Like I think here. you mean people are becoming more diverse in, in, in their niches. No, but... In, now brands are looking more into Saudi, deeper look into Saudi. They want people from. Yeah, and before, when I wanted to do football, I used to use for for Saudi because he had the reach. I used to use Nusuhi. I see. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't used to look into Saudi for that but guy. For YouTuber. context, who's Nusuhi? 
Nasuhi is an amazing individual that does football only and he does his own sketches and reviews. Uh, and the guy reaches uh, Saudi, Egypt here, he's huge, like people love him. Yeah. Because of how he reviews, because of how he how he the way critiques, he breaks down the way he, he breaks down everything, the, the way he adds the image. So, so he's like a super fan who has found a, who has made a platform yes, out of it. But the exactly. beauty about it is he's okay. incredibly articulate and yeah. he knows how to get the message in a way that the people want. Okay, so exactly. you used him as a fixer, if you will. Not to as get a we used him, so I used Nusuhi out of here to target the Saudi market. Okay. I didn't go and look Fair. because one, they didn't exist yeah. at the time. Not a lot of them existed and they were all still on Twitter. That's true. So it's, they weren't very A visual. lot of them still are. They still mm. are, yeah. Yeah. Uh, versus now, where now Saudi is a more target for all brands. Before it was a target, and the Saudi's gonna now because of what's been happening, everyone's like Saudi, Saudi, Saudi. Saudi. Yeah, no. I, this is why these kids are. And you, you, and you talk to them like six months ago. Like it's been three. Some of them tells you I've had my following for three years, but six months ago or a year ago they started getting these brands, brands, brands yeah, like yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, and this is why this is probably why YouTube also did the. But uh, but here's my here's my problem not problem Ranja, Ranja, my worry. Ranja. My worry about it is simple. Mm. The brand Saudi happens to be hot right now. Mm -hmm. What happens to this environment when it is no longer hot anymore? When it's no longer the case? Uh, here's the thing: for I think from a from a business point of view, Saudi is always going to be hot just yeah. because of population. You're looking Fair at enough. 33 million people. 70 at some point, a couple of years ago, 70. I think probably it's more now. And you're looking uh, at the population cater. is below the age of 30. And yeah. they all cater to the two biggest things in the world now, which is gaming and football. Right. So, so, so there's a long term kind of well. There's a long well to draw from. Yeah. And your second biggest market, but they don't have as much buy, buying power as Egypt. Right. Yeah. So, but then again, Egypt, if you target 5% of the whole population, you're still, you made your you're still hitting numbers. Yeah. yeah. You got so, numbers. so it's that balance, right? Between trying to hit numbers and obviously expendable income because ROI is really the end of, at the end yeah. of the day. This is yeah. what, we're, what we're looking for. So for me, when I think about taking it back to where we started, the travel, in, the travel vlogger, the travel blogger, that specific kind of travel influencer... I think that this this brand in the Philippines saying you're persona non grata here. Yeah. You either come with weight or you don't come at all. I think that's a practice that a lot of the brands are going to start instituting in their own way, Definitely. not in a public way this way. And, you know should, what I mean? and it's and it's and it's a responsibility to the marketing managers. Yeah, they can't blame the influencers. No. It's true. It's because true. It, here's the thing. I think, in a way, and this is because of what I've seen dealing with some of my clients previously when I used to work for a different agency before setting up Khan. And I, what I saw internally within the agency, it, there's, a, there's a laziness to it that made people's lives easier of and course. convenient. So, you know, as, as marketing people, as agency people, you didn't need to do much of the work anymore. Yeah, right? you were literally uh, two emails and, uh, and an invoice. No, and some, agencies, you know I mean? some agencies use the same deck of same people to every single category it, or every brand. Every time. And, and this is like, something that I really... I actually had... Uh, sorry to interrupt, just to, to jump on this. I actually had a potential client that I've been in talks with, who I know is a friend and now is asking us to work with them. He complained because he had four agencies come in and pitch. With the same deck. Not only with the same deck, none of the people that were recommended have anything to do with his event or his right. industry yep. as a whole right and Akawi actually made a phone call we will not say the brand okay <laughs> but Akawi made a first a, a phone call to the PR company yeah. and I made the same call, phone call to another PR company mm -hmm. saying why would you send this to me or to us as Dukan you clearly yeah. have not done your research or 
maybe are you that desperate? Because by the time you get to us, in if you, my mind, if you got to us, that means a lot of people reject you. <laughs> no, but like, no, but this goes this goes back, and this this is something to also hit on. A lot of agencies, and it goes also goes back to the marketing managers or the brand yeah. manager. What is that? What, so basically, what they want to see at the end is that recap deck that went like, okay, we we sent the invite out to 600 yes, people, and I don't 400 people. Actually, then they put okay, I the three that. of us combined. But I don't want to be in that it, deck. And then no. it's and then and then the other mistake that happens is when they send it. The mistake after that, what happens is that when they take it, change the template to the brand template and send it to global, showing on how many numbers that is. Yes. And this is where people fall. And this is where where people fall in in Saudi because Saudi is the best thing that you can do when you want to send the recap and you say, I hit a million exactly. impressions Which, because one guy you, can get you that. Right. Exactly. And that's and the it, problem. And it, yeah. And, uh, to re- and I could completely agree with Remo. Like, we should never be on that deck. And this is why I reject, by the way. like I, the guy that went to YSL Beauty. Anyways. <laughs> but <laughs> here's the thing. <laughs> For the record, Even I did not go. The event I went, we invi- both went. <laughs> but here's the thing. The event invites I've shared with you guys, that is less than 5% of how many event invites we actually get. Yeah. But we get invited to so many things, not just events. Like people ask us to work with them and collaborate and all these things. And I reject so many because yeah. they're not in our arena. Some things that I can't even fathom. It doesn't make sense to me. Like I got a loafer brand that I said no to as well, which uh, <laughs> maybe you're, maybe you'll grow into them. Yeah, the one the one space where we have two sneaker heads people are asking me like oh you want to come for a loafer but, but this is <laughs> you know, the funny thing is that the brands like, that we actually like we don't get invited no to. exactly because yeah. they know you like them it's like you've got to act like you don't care about them yeah, yeah. start to love yeah, like, what, Reem calls it what the, the bad boyfriend syndrome the bad syndrome? boyfriend syndrome yeah. it's classic yeah. business 101 you got to pretend like you don't care they yeah, want well, you more. you're like bro I don't care about <laughs> you next minute it's like hey do you want to collaborate we got a thing <laughs> 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 anyway, I think um, I think we need to add the uh, money sound. Ching. Oh yeah, that's not a, that's a good one. This is the beauty of this. We can add as many as we want. I think. Right, but I feel like Akawi should have his own like hot button. He set. will. I'm gonna have a hot button just for Akawi. Just not like a hot button set. Hot like next to me. So oh, I just one next to you over there. Yeah, you know how they have oh, you those, can't like, reach over. No, uh, no, I can't. Actually, if we trade spots, if we then trade you spots, you trade. can. You just want the bigger mic. It's my yeah, mic. Yeah, no, I don't. Want, I don't. I definitely. Disgusting. Anyway, um, to bring it back. So no, so what we're saying, so to, to this guy's point, I think his reaction was a bit extreme, but I also understand where it comes from. I agree with him. You know? To be honest, because, I agree with him. Yeah? I do. I think it's a wonderful marketing move. He didn't know he was doing it, but I think it's a wonderful marketing yeah, move. Yeah, no. I, I, I can't judge because I don't know what that influencer did. No, there, there was a bunch of them. It wasn't a specific influencer. He just banned He just banned influencers. And he's like, hotel. but then what? Uh, he banned. He yeah. banned them. So he right. said this hotel would never service influencers. So what is he going to do? Radio ads? No, no. Uh, at the end of the day, these small places in the Philippines, they're beautiful. They're like little, one traveler tells another traveler. And you don't really need influencers. You need TripAdvisor. Yeah. You need TripAdvisor to be on your side. If, you're, if your TripAdvisor rating is high, you actually don't need, you know, whomever it is, travel blogger to come through. Um, and on top of that, what's really interesting about it is if he does collaborate with someone now, he'll be like, we said we would never, but this is the one. And people yeah. will look because he's already created this yeah. storm. So who's the savior? I don't but know. Reem Hamid. Doubt it. I'm, number, not, a, number I'm not a fashion vlogger. I'm not a travel vlogger. But you know, this is the thing. You, for me, and you, some people might disagree with me, is that I don't think you need to be a a hospitality hotel blogger to go try out a room because if you're into lifestyle and fashion, people want to see your lifestyle. Right. So you going and reviewing or staying in a hotel or, review, or talking positive about a hotel would still get an impact because Completely. you don't have to be a hospitality hotel 
Condesur, yani for no, you. No, Condesur. Condesur. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm I thought something that. French was it. I'm going to use that one. Yeah. Um, no, but to to your point, like, I won't have an, um, for example, an AI or a tech uh, influencer. No, but I'm saying like that, hospitality right? or fashion. Uh, sorry, lifestyle or fashion or whatever. It's the same universe. Or cars, for example. Oh yeah, like an automobile, I would fit in a hospitality. Like you know what Granted. I mean. Granted. I see what you're saying, but at the same time, for me, it's one of those things where if you're going to invest in someone you need to know that they will be connected to other travelers people who yeah. will come to your place Agreed. it's a bit challenging to go to a car guy or like a makeup girl and figure out how do you how do you know like there's a but very I think how do you, how to, to, do you find look, to your point then. no hold on to yeah, your you're point right, you're right. to your point i don't think it's just it's matching lifestyle to these things but matching that person's um their actual lifestyle as opposed to just content lifestyle meaning if First of all, if you're the if type me and of, you if, get invited to Armani, of course we're not going to no, go because it's not our lifestyle. If you're the type of content creator that all your posts are brand partnerships, then I don't think I want to work with you to begin with because you are pretty much your, your brand hoe in that way, right? So I question your loyalty. You're going to work with me tomorrow, to, today, tomorrow you're working with my competitors. So I love I, brand hoes so though. They make me, they make, they, <laughs> I, they're a highlight reel of what's <laughs> happening in the city. Well, right? <laughs> like if you want to know what happened this week, just go to the brand hoes. Right. And But then on the flip side, if you are, uh, if you are in the lifestyle space and yeah. you're showing me your lifestyle and every now and then you do have some brand partnership or the other, right? I am more keen to working with you for obvious reasons because that's what you do. You do, for example, I'm an automobile brand. Granted, you might have not posted anything to do with cars. You've never showed, you know, car content. But then, you do usually do your Insta stories from the car, like Freak. Freak is a hip hop artist, right? And he's a performer, and he's a videographer, and he's a content creator. And every now and then, he has his rants, Freak at Tariq, in his car, right? I would, I would work with Freak. Just if you're a, a car brand. If I'm an automobile brand, yeah. because I, I, I can easily see that relation, right? But this is what I was saying earlier where the, the agency and marketing people got lazy because there's homework that you're supposed to do yeah. before recommending anybody. That's true. Right? To actually understand, do they fit? No, but how many times have we been presented in a marketing deck that God. we've never known about? Loads. You know, and, and our friends as well. They, like, there have been so many moments where I'm sitting there, not as Dukan, as collective, and I'm like, have you asked this person whether they're yeah. a part of this, they'll be a part of this campaign? They're like, no, obviously, once the client approves, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you better get, because if the client mm -hmm. approves that, this person will never agree. And then and you're we're stuck. usually the person like it's usually me or there's very few voices at the table that I've seen that will actually say like have you actually because the agency sometimes just wants to get past the okay yeah so to get yeah, all yeah, these yeah. Heavy, just, just yeah, to lock exactly. in the client like, and then once they lock, lock the in the client they under deliver because guess what the people some of the people you presented said they don't want to do it or wouldn't wouldn't ever do this campaign like yeah. would never exactly do like this it campaign. just there's a clash between their personal brand and what you, what as the idea you presented maybe they love the brand and, but the and way it matches with the personal them. brand but then not only the way you presented them but what you recommended as an idea for them to do right absolutely right? sometimes is just worlds apart and it could be offensive to them right and this is the common complaint they're like They don't understand what I do. They didn't even ask me. And a lot of people have told me that. And I've actually gotten calls and texts once where other people are in the room when we get presented. Exactly. Like we, by the way, see, we, always, always, that. we always, and they the flag brief, it on our behalf. But in the brief, you can't always ask everyone you're going to add in that deck because no. you can't always, oh, I'm going to put you in this. Uh, and, no, 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 sorry. Oh, no, no, sorry. No, no, but, but you know what you've done whenever you've been in doubt, like I've seen you do it. Whenever you're in doubt, you make a phone call. 
like you you will find a way to connect to them or at least reach out to them yeah. you won't just blindly put it in a place no, where right, clearly it doesn't no, 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 so then reach out no, no, to them yeah. even if that's not the case right it will not take you that long to pull up your phone go through their content and analyze what they what they post yeah. go like, through their insta stories go through their highlights go through their accounts and just understand what do they like to create you know i right? agree i agree but i think that these are part of the things that we are working to change like as an agency and as content creators i think we are working to change that and i think you know? that's any i think it's it's a blessing that we happen to sit in this middle ground weird because middle ground yeah and one way and this is something i've always been proud of is that on one end um, we yes, we do cater to brands and we do part we do work with them, but more importantly, on the other end, we I like to believe we do speak for the community at some cases and we do look out for them and we do protect them. And I do so, I spent so much time trying to help advise and consult, which is why they keep ask coming to us with questions right. about you know what do you think of this brand or does this project work? And there has never been a person we ever pitched or recommended that was that didn't fit. No, but that's like, usually because we we're lucky enough to know the people exactly. that we I pitch. Exactly. I mean, case right? in point, case in point, the the Air Max Day panel that Akawi organized. Like everybody on that panel, they got to a point where they were speaking about certain dates and type of sneakers that I didn't even know what they're talking about anymore. Yeah. And I thought I was a sneakerhead. Yeah. Up no. until that moment. Yeah. No, I get that, <laughs> and I think that like that kind of curation needs to happen on a daily if you're a modern marketing manager. Like in this day and age, you need to be curating not only your city but the universe. You need to know who exists and why and and what is their method or their ethos exactly and my argument well, Loti, we just got a, a brief that just uh, answered everything that uh, i love it yeah and okay. the, <laughs> i saw the email i just <laughs> I, didn't, I, I saw the email on my phone but i'm focused on the conversation at cali so this is no here, right? see, he has now. his laptop for information but all it's others not. all other kinds of crap comes in he's Anyways. watching porn he's listening yeah, he's yeah, talking yeah. to you his girlfriend is, you know everything. i'm not cali <laughs> but so yeah, so homeboy from the Philippines. I mean, I get it. I understand his move. I think I would have tried to. I would. I wouldn't just ban them if you're a normal person that's coming to my hotel. No, I don't yeah, think. But he's the, German. No, no, They're no, very no. direct. He's saying. I, I think he was saying that he's no longer doing free rooms for content. Yeah. You're more okay. than welcome if you're an influencer, but you're gonna pay for your room, and if you like it, great. If not, then and think, whatever. And I think that's fair. I think it's absolutely fair. Yeah. You know, and I mean, in time, I'm. I look like, for me. I don't ever want. Like, I don't want us to be known. I, I want us to be a voice of, of authority in some way. Yeah. Or, or at least, you know, of some sense You have sense a Napoleon complex that way. That's why. <laughs> look who's talking. Last, yo, that jersey is so tucked into your, <laughs> into your shorts right now. What's <laughs> Napoleon from You'll see. Pull up Napoleon and then stick He's your hand halfway down your pants and tell me. You, you have <laughs> Napoleon shirt syndrome. Yep, yep, yep. Like, oh, like, take a look. Google the it. The way he tucks the shirt. Anyways. Anyways. No, I'm just trying to say How that. How I find Napoleon I, Anyways, Type right. in Napoleon complex no, and see to. what happens. See what happens. Y'all nasty. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, okay. You wanted to say something. I've forgotten now. I've, I've, no, I was just, I think what I was trying to say, <laughs> I think what I was trying to say is that my hope in the work that we do is that we won't be put in that bucket yeah. of, hey, just give this to the can show. They'll take anything. But no, but you know no, I mean? but here's the, the beauty, beauty of us. Uh, yeah. We've said no so many times. We don't, we don't get, we don't get approached. This anymore. is the beauty of us as, as the can is that <laughs> we say like, no. I never get offered. I never get no, offered. We say anymore. no so much. Yeah, I know. Right. And this is a practice. I have to admit, I actually learned from Danny. Yeah. Danny right? Neville. Yeah. Because. Yeah, fantastic, by the way. If, if it works with Danny's personal brand and it works with Danny's ethos and it works with his morals and what he believes in. You might not even, 
like even it, if doesn't it doesn't matter. Fit, it doesn't matter. If, even if it doesn't fit Danny's rate card, yeah, right? He'll do he it. He will do it because he believes yeah. so deeply in it. I agree. Right? And that is a practice I love. I learned so a lot much. from that, to be honest. And I think, and I saw that, like, knowing him from since our radio days, and I saw how we used to do that with a lot of brands and a lot of partnerships, that I developed that, which is why, like, when I started to can, I'd get random follows that didn't fit the can show. I would block them from the account. It's nothing personal, but, like, you don't, you're, you don't speak English. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, you're, you're not no, from this part. Like, yeah, or, our, our like bra- my brand and you do not align, so I, I don't think my content's yours, and I would block them. And when I used to say that in rooms with marketeers... They couldn't believe adding, it, yeah. They they were taken back. Like, why would you do that? I'm like, because I play in a quality game first. Yeah. You know, where for them, they just want numbers. Right. You know, and I, I deal with that. Like, one, one of our clients, all they want to see is just massive numbers. And I keep pushing back and I keep arguing back. I'm like, but some of these people are not your target audience. Some of them are not your... are not interested in your product. But do large brands... Like, if this is a big brand, mm-hmm. how do you not argue for numbers? Because it looks bad for a big brand not to have numbers. Like, real, real, Dukan is not... Dukan is a niche brand. Yeah. We're not a, we're not a, we're not a multinational brand. Mm-hmm. So just to play devil's advocate what benefit does it serve but here's the thing i we just started right we just came into the digital space or in general no 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 no. i'm talking about i'm not talking about about a client Uh, no we're just talking about that yeah i'm talking i'm using our client versus us as an example right so if you are a big brand especially if you're a brand that has different accounts for different local markets right then your numbers actually don't have to be that massive if i'm in the uae and i have nine million people Whereas the actual interest in your product is going to be less than that. And then who are actually going to bother to care enough to follow you, to follow your content online, is going to be a lot less than that, right? You're not going to hit those numbers in six months. Yeah, but it's sometimes with big brands, it's also more awareness than that, okay, how many followers are you going to get right. because he posted or... Which goes back, like, then as to, like for something like that, I would still use Dukan, but I wouldn't have Dukan spearhead the campaign just yet. No, no, no. I'm not talking about us spearheading the campaign. No, I'm just this was example. to create yeah, yeah, their yeah. social media accounts, yeah. right? So to, to give birth to an account that didn't exist before and expect to hit phenomenal numbers in a very short period of time. And they're like, oh, it's okay. We'll put a budget and let's buy ads. Great, we could do that. But that's not going to get you exactly what you want. There's a, there's a curation process that needs to be part of this practice. And I agree. Yeah, you're a big brand. You want to have numbers and I understand that. But... Does it, why does it not matter who are these numbers come from for you? I mean, if my focus is UAE and there's an equivalent account in India, why do I need followers from India? I hear what you're saying. I'm giving that as an example. So let's say I'm working with a, with a brand that makes these water bottles, right? They have an India account on social media and they have other markets. And they decided to launch UAE Instagram account for social, right? And it's just a numbers game that they're pushing for. I can get you the numbers, but then it's not really who you want. Right, but right. but that's but that's what where I feel like a brand will say, well, then get me the numbers. Do you know what I mean? Because a, a multinational brand would want to see numbers. I don't think that yeah. I don't think that their marketing teams have that depth of understanding or care about that. You know, and there's yeah. always a trick to use influencers and get numbers. We're not going to say that over the show. But if any brands would like <laughs> to know how, please contact me at akawi at dukamedia.com and we'll send you. That. 
<laughs> look, I think that I think I mean, look. No, that's <laughs> that was serious. That wasn't funny. No, no, no. Oh, that, that was a promo. <laughs> that was, that was promo. <laughs> I think we needed the cha-ching one for that. The num- we'll the, add that. The money one. We, we don't have that one yet. Yeah, no. I think we're very lucky. We we have we have the context and developed understanding of how this could work. But I'm just trying to kind of figure out where's the ground. What's the common sense? Yeah. Because I don't know where the common sense is in the social media. Well, that's part of why I don't like want to engage half the time. Mm. Where's common sense? You know, the the way we function in the world is one way, and then there's the way the brand functions in the space, and then there's the way that the niche functions in the space. So so it's all too much, you know. Can Here's we just all it's, can it's, we all just love each other? Can we just hug? Unfortunately, this not. Here's, I think it's a self reflection exercise to know exactly where you actually fit. Right. Also whether as a brand or as a person or as a, as a content creator, as an influencer, whatever it may be, yeah. is to just generally self-reflect and see whether this works for you or not and do these spaces work for you. And if a brand is doing a self-reflection, a self-reflection <laughs> exercise right now, it's not wrong. But as a content creator and influencer, I'm with you. No, yeah. by the way, I think brands should. And this is... Uh, they, should have, they, should have, they should have it already. I agree. It should... But here's the thing. How if they don't have work, it yet and you okay. would like a deep dive about your consumer, please contact me at akkawiyaddukamedia.com. Okay. You, you did that, right? You did that when you worked in brand. You yeah. knew ex- everything about your brand. Are you kidding brand. me? He took right? me to Nusrat and he made me do it about myself <laughs> and refused to pay. <laughs> but here's the thing. Keep in mind, the brand you worked for was a brand you were in love with before you even got into the marketing, probably while you were still in school, right? Whereas for a lot of people, sometimes they just get into that because it's a job. Yeah. Right. They're gonna work in advertising because they went to they went to marketing school, they went to business school, or maybe they didn't, and they figured, hey, this is kind of fun. Let me take this job on, and that's all they want to do, right? They'd be part um, of the community. How? And even then, in even in the community, even in a brand <laughs> like what you worked at, with that caliber of people, how many people went through the brand guidelines and understood what the brand stand for through and through? What do you mean? What do you mean, people that went through the brand guidelines? When you get hired, mm-hmm. right? There's a there's an induction process, صح. right? And there's an orientation, صح. and then after that part of that, if you're in marketing, which I realize a lot of brands actually don't do, and I'm talking about global massive brands. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. No, no, no. There's there's a, yeah, yeah. yeah, but exactly a brand induction, and part of that is like these are the brand guidelines. This is what we stand for. Yeah. This is who we are. Consumer this is deep dive, whatever, all that. How many people actually spend time to understand that? Oh, no, that you're right. When about. when you get inducted. The manager is going to sit with you for an hour, two hours tops. Then it's your responsibility to actually understand the brand. Yep. How many people actually go through that? No, they don't. So this is what I'm saying. Like, spend time to know who you are, what you stand for, what you represent as an employee, whether of the brand or the creative agency. Because agency is also responsible to know what the brand stands for and go have a deep dive into what it represents and what it, st- what it means, what things mean for them as a brand. Because Sorry. And also the market you play in. What would work for the Philippines market might not necessarily work here. Might not necessarily work for an Egypt market, right? Not because Saudi and Egypt are the largest ones means everything works in both yeah, markets. Yeah, you know, I'm with you. So I think that sense of responsibility applies to everybody across the board, and it is a soft check. Up to the HR chick, Sarahat or guy. Oh yeah, yeah, Retired. it's true. Yeah. It's true. And I think that's the case. And I think I'm coming from it from a very like a passionate, like excited point of view. Just be- I think because. We do this for a living for ourselves, right? Um, we do this practice for Dukan as a business. We do this practice yeah. for our clients because we are Dukan. So when we work with our clients, like 
They need but we to. need to know you're right. Even before, when I was in certain positions where I would hire, I used to be the biggest asshole in that room. Where one of my colleagues after he's like, "Man, I never knew. I heard you like that." I'm like, "What's well, so you, Mushay and Zahman?" We're no, it's true. It's true. You're gonna are you live. gonna fire? Are you gonna fire him three months after? to fire him and find someone else. No, no I agree with Akawi on that. Uh, totally, like, because I, that's a big cost too. But it, but it's also yeah. Once you integrate a team member, it's a waste of time. It's such a waste of time, and it's exhausting. You could lose important, like your legs aren't strong enough to pick no. up where they fall sometimes yeah. it be, it's just too tough you're better firing off firing someone isn't as fun as you see it in all the sitcoms man Who, whoever <laughs> thought firing someone was fun it yeah. sucks yeah. like yeah, and the thing is if i have to let someone go it torments me no it's different she's days. so tormented she says let someone go instead of fire that's nah, how this is that, Canadian she's that way, tormented. Right? Tormented. No, it's anyways. tormenting it's just you guys should actually have a sit down with mubarak and have oh him God. tell you about his interview questions i can't so mubarak was like first of all, i was like i, I don't care if you know the business or not, I could teach you that, right? He's like, I always want to see soft skills. And that's what he focuses his interview on. He's like, other than that, your CV should tell me, you know, what, what you know. And Mubarak sits in the room, his first question, and he loves this. This I, is a, I, one this, of his favorites. Nah. He asked him, he's like, if you had a crisis, you had one of the trucks is going to another country, got stopped at the border because of some issues. And it has an FM, it's a product that has an expiry date which is a very close one. Like for example, milk. Milk usually has like a seven to 10 day, seven day, right? If I'm not mistaken. I have no idea. Uh, seven yeah. to 10 day expire milk or fresh milk. Yeah. Right? Sorry, I'm dairy free. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Thanks, Ashley. <laughs> continue, because I, continue, continue your point, because I have a very interesting so, question. Uh, to that point, um, so Mubarak would ask him, so if, you, if that's the case, the, the truck is stuck now and you have to solve this and you get a call and this is, you get a call at midnight and they need you to solve this problem. I'm not available, and your other managers are not available. What would you do? What would be your decision? And he just like that's off the bat. That's the first question to stress test anybody in front of him. So interesting. <laughs> so, I, so on that point, on that point, and I have a question. When did you think this barrier of selection or HR went from how good you are in analytics or mm -hmm. on a computer or your business intelligence to now the first priority is emotional intelligence in the business space. Uh, I because I think we, when, yeah. we start, when we started working, like the generation before us, they didn't care if you had emotional mental mental. They mm -hmm. cared if you knew how to do the job right, if you were 69. When did, the, when did this shift happen? Uh, when do you think it happened? Because of Google. I'm telling you right now. That was that one of the practices. I yeah. think that Google, that Google workspace, it, I don't know if it no, is no, that way no, in Google. No, the workspace is the, the, Google the, culture, the, criteria. the culture yeah no the, but as a as a selection criteria i think google did play a part as businesses focused more and, I, and i've seen this a lot when it comes to it they want to have a google-like office space yeah remember those documentaries that went out that had like that shot up at that shot at the google office and it showed the lifestyle and the services and everything people. The <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah the slide instead of the stairs. so people became I, obsessed I, want, I just want to say <laughs> okay, <fine. laughs> but yeah i agree so like i think that became became a, a trend for a while but uh, when it comes to emotional intelligence with hiring i think it was there but not not it wasn't people uh, cared no, about no i i don't i i agree with akawi i think there was a clear generation which i think is the gener that ours, that shift, yeah. that there was a know. significant shift I because I, I, as part of like, obviously the year was 1917 or something, I had to make <laughs> a CV on paper that I made by myself and killed the squid and wrote my own ink. 
But wow. when <laughs> so we the skills that we were taught you in career, yeah, exactly. The, the skills that we were taught in in, uh, in 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 career and education or what like career whatever was um, career counseling was you had to have a CV and the way you wrote your CV would indicate your how good you were, and that was part of trying to find a job. Nowadays, you have to show such a well-rounded person. I need to see that you do other things. Like if you built your own podcast, if you, these things matter. And this mattered, this change mm. happened in, happened after I graduated. It wasn't a part of the, I, I agree completely. I mean, yes, granted, you did graduate like eons before everybody right, else. Right, right. There's a picture but of me from 1934. <laughs> I'm 20 years old. Like <laughs> she had to mail her CV to the employer. Yeah, By carrier pigeon. In an envelope. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With I, a pigeon. I, I had a pigeon that I trained yeah. to go. Yeah. To but now even <laughs> in CVs, no, you don't like need to write your grade. You just need keywords that will get no, you. That I think, no, here's. Uh, but I don't I think look, I, I don't disagree look at because I think collective. it's industry. The industries are different yeah. because I always want. I always played in advertising, right? And that was a mark of that. That practice was already there. What yeah. CVs? Emotional huh? intelligence. Yes, because in AI. But yeah. when I am a I'm no, no, before. When I was applying. La, yeah. But our generation is where it started shifting. That's what I said. I don't think no. Douglas Palau. Uh, you know, no, had to think about emotional intelligence. No, but in, in, Doug, in Douglas Palau's uh, generation, advertising was not a study either. No, no. They would hire somebody who used to be in the military and needed a job. Do you know how to write? Do you know how to spell? Do you know how to read? Okay, you got a job, I, right? I so think that back then it was just basic. And um, and Doug is that old. <laughs> no, no, Doug <laughs> is, oh, by the um, way, OG, OG. No, but, I, I, but, think, uh, I think what I'm trying to say is that I felt a shift mm-hmm. when I start, like, When I started the business, I had a clear thought that I needed people who were emotionally intelligent or else I wouldn't retain the young people. Because I think young people need to be... When But I they say didn't young, need to be well-rounded. You're talking about course, well-roundedness. I, I think... I think uh, no, I, I, maybe, I missed, uh, maybe I misspoke. It's not that you needed to be well-rounded, but rather that weight on the emotional intelligence used to be at the bottom of your CV. Yeah. It was something that you showed after all your skill sets, after all your education, after whatever. Nowadays, it's not. It's actually much higher. You show your emotional intelligence higher because people are looking for it. Yeah. They're looking for, um, you know, English literature writers and puts the, they put them in coding startups. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Or I, I just feel like there is a different way of looking at hiring practices nowadays. And that's part of the Facebook, Google Uh, you know, Silicon that, yeah, Valley. The, the Silicon Valley universe. Universe, yeah, I think so. I think. So run me through it. What, yeah. what did they do that made it change? What did the Silicon? What is it? Just the office? Is just no, the work nature? Is it just the, so having for, a more open office space? Because, no, because here's oh, the thing. I, I don't know because for these guys, I feel like a big part of it was just you know how to code, right? No. More than ah, more than ah, it okay. was more than I, I think it was more than it was culture at a time. Because do you actually know when how they to first do this? started? Yeah. But then after that, you after were that, once sh- you're a unicorn and once you got that pump, that kind of money pumping in, you there's so many coders you can hire from. That. No, but when when you become a unicorn, you define the way you define the places that people want to work in. Yes. So you define the culture that, caliber, that we deem successful. When you start, I don't I don't think that culture was a big question at the beginning. When you know the because keep in mind Google was what 94. 93 I think at the time I think they just wanted people that can code well I don't think th- when they started a conversation at the time. but by the time they became big it yeah. was part of that generation that we're talking about they became a part of the defining factors of the, the defining factors of work culture of that generation 10 years later so in 2004 people were looking and saying what is Google doing that's making these these beasts and to be honest with you the same thing for Nike if you look at what Nike culture is 
I believe at first you were hired for whether you could sell a shoe, whether you could be a great salesman. But then at some point it turned into, could you be a tinker? A tinker Hatfield is not somebody that you can find in a CV. That emotional intelligence and deep understanding, it, the, the, I think the demand of our world opened up to accommodate for that. Uh, funny enough, when you, when you read the Nike thing, I don't know if you get it, you I, find I that, 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 Shoe dog. that uh, the people he hired, didn't, he, didn't hire, he hired them more on their analytical skills and sales skills, not because of their emotional intelligence, but then because of the power of the brand. Exactly. If I was so they unlovable realized. that they became that. Yeah. Uh, tinker, or so, they became that person that wanted to be well diversed in every single pillar in that. So company. that's the thing; they weren't hired for the cultural aspect. Not before, of it, but no. they they grew into it because yeah. of the brand's success. Right, and right. so I but think he also nowadays, hired people that were very immersed and very passionate about the sport behind it. Right, even though they yeah. But I think nowadays, if you are because don't forget we we experienced in our generation, or maybe in our time, um, the. We went from our parents' generation where you could keep a job for a very long time to this generation that moved from job to job to job, and it's normal. It's normal to have somebody that's been in a job for two or three years and then kind of goes to see what the world offers to them next. This is a consequence of globalization. It's a consequence of the internet. It's a consequence of doing things online versus having to do things on paper. Because, Because to that point as well is because now we're in an era which is different. Because back in the day, if I was... If I was 20, I'll give myself for an example. Yeah, yeah. Back in, back in let's say in my era, no way I would have been a, a category marketing manager at Nike when I was 25. Yeah. Because you never, but now because of the digital era we, we, we live in, they want people that are young, that are up to date. No, exactly. I, I get that. But and that's why the internet plays such a Because now you're, you're, you're in a space of competition, which is experience versus savvy. Right. I can be experienced at 10. I don't need to be 50 to become a marketing manager with experience yeah. to know how to sell, right? Right. Um, but the, the, but I think that is incredibly industry dependent. It is, right? yes. Yeah. For example. Because you can't do that in law. No, in law, you, you can't do that to, in law. You can't you, do that in my dad's industry. They're shipping in cargo, right? They are. Well, so now you, in law, you wouldn't see like in New York, like uh, a 31-year-old who is a managing partner. 31 in law is young. No, no. You, it, you, you can. They, they, there are obviously boutique aid, boutique firms that where they, they offshoot. But if you want to be a part of the big you know, the big law firms, you have to put your time in because there is a seniority and a hierarchy you have to respect. To get yeah. to the Supreme Court, you have yeah. to put that time in. It's just really tough to to do it otherwise. However... Harvey Specter was 30-something when he made the yeah. name part. He, Harvey Specter Har- suits. Yeah, <laughs> in Hollywood, anything can happen. But no, in Hollywood, but, you could be a lawyer yesterday. But to that point, some of my friends have broken, out of their agents, have broken out of their agents, have broken out of the big agents, the big firms, and have opened up their own boutique law firms. And they're now on the path of growing them. Many, many, many of them. But have. it's about how good they are at it yes. or how savvy they are at it. It's not just about, they, I'm, I, I want to be a CEO, but I'm going to open a company. Yeah. And but it's, are you good at it? it yeah. and, and here's the question as well. And it's very, very interesting. The new face of the legal world, before you used to go to a lawyer to draft every single thing, now you can go online and you, some of my friends are developing tech. They're not necessarily in the legal space in the traditional way. They're still in court, but on the back end, they're developing really wonderful tools to make a mom who only has $35, you yeah. know, she wants, yeah. you know, she needs some help. Um, those are the things that I think really great, I mean, like it, lawyers of the future do, you know. I agree. But, but that's the thing. And to that point, as I said, it is an industry game. Like, I'm, I will question a young doctor. Fair enough. No, but because you will question a young doctor because the amount of time you need through education, because he's still in right? university. You because can't finish doctor. Our in, our, this is why I always say our industry is a luxury. Yeah, yeah. It's, non, it's non-life-threatening. 
But that's but what I said, a like doctor, a lawyer, if I'm you sure say 31, he's is, young. A doctor, yeah. if you say 32, 33, or 35, he's young. Because he just got out of university when exactly. he was 28. Even, even when you say 40 for doctors, it's, it's quite young. young. Yeah, because when did they finish right? the exactly. Mush Bus? Yeah, so. But to that, also um, civil engineers. Right? Well, well, a lot of civil engineers architects. at the moment are social media executives. So yeah. Let's way. not get into that. By the way, yeah. Like, but, but, Shout but, out to all my U.S. engineering. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I do think that you know when we when we look at it to the to the point that Akawi raised, which I think is such an important point yes. as we build company culture, emotional intelligence for me has been a way to weed out people who don't fit into the culture we're trying to build. Yeah. So even if you know, I don't know when it happened, but I know that now when I look at someone's emotional intelligence, it tells me whether they can fit into my ecosystem, which is a very fragile ecosystem. It's not an easy environment to try and keep you know we're not and i think that's just an, it's an important point i think it's an important point to think about you know sometimes people think say i'm too soft but i don't think so i think i no, think I, I'm, I'm with that Those, and, I, and it's the same thing to mubarak's uh, describing you and that's a whole other uh, stop don't uh, even don't, don't even, get us into let's it. talk about mubarak. <laughs> mubarak no but on the real because like <laughs> no because his, his his model works as well because he looks for soft skills because mubarak for example went to chemical studied chemical engineering yeah. has nothing to do with his job as supply chain management, right? But these are skills you learn on the job. The, these hard skills, your day-to-day, that you're going to learn it one way or yeah. the other. But then your ability to learn on the spot, yeah. you know, thinking on your feet. Um, how do you deal with a rude boss? And like, you know, uh, because sometimes that person is not in your department. They don't know who you are and they're being incredibly rude. Like, how do you manage that? You know, how do you manage relationships? These are soft skills that are a lot more important that play up, that yeah. are a big part of it is ingrained in emotional intelligence. Yeah. Right? Should we start doing skits about like stuff that can happen in the worker and then Reen comes after and like explains it. So what did OT do That wrong? would be so <laughs> wonderful. And it's educational. Yo, yeah. It's educational, but it's, it's not. Ju- but we have to do it in VHS, like these old orientation videos. Yeah, yeah. When you come in like, and they're like, here's a video you need to watch. That will like, tell you like, about like, it. Yeah, exactly. Sexual harassment in the workplace. You know those training videos. Yeah, yeah. I just... No so it'll be like no. a madrasa al-mushaghibin, adil imam, but like more to the workplace. Exactly. And then, you know, what happened? Like freeze frame and then Reem walks from the side yeah, yeah. into well, the shot. Yeah, yeah, into yeah, the yeah, shot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So to take it back to homeboy from the hotel. Thank you because uh, he ignited this conversation. What's your ideal brand collaboration? Like we for always... For Dukan or personally? Personally or for Dukan. I just, we always talk about the ones that don't work. Do you know what I mean? We don't yeah, talk about the ones question. that we like or the ones mm-hmm. that we like, oh, I would really hope for this. Do you know what I mean? I think... It goes back to, to something we say a lot, which is how to sell without selling out. I know it doesn't matter to brands, but then there's a way to collaborate and create work that actually helps build the community, actually helps curate culture. You know, there's an added benefit beyond, uh, beyond a dollar value yeah. that you can actually present to the people. And if you're that brand that actually cares to go, and I don't think it's an extra mile, it's just one small step extra to prove that you genuinely care. That's all that 100%. it is. 100%. I think you do that, you're winning. As a brand, trust me, yeah. you do that, you win the game. Yeah, Hands I think that. No, no, you're, yeah, any, an ex- no, I'm not going to say an example. I'm continue. No, use oh, an example. Even exa- an example of that is back when I was at Nike, when we opened the Jordan store, yeah. because there was a lot, of, a lot of feedback that we got from consumers, or like not even feedback, you'd hear it, is that, oh, because we're in the UAE, we don't get drops, we don't get colorways, we don't get that. But then when you saw that the third Jordan store in the world opened up in Dubai, that one like, okay, 
we're being listened to. Yeah. We're being heard. We're being they know heard. we exist kind of uh, approach. So and that's a massive that, that, statement. That, 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 that's, uh, why I hesitated to say that is because you mentioned like some small, this, that wasn't a small thing. No, no. But, uh, no. but even then, uh, no, I don't is, think I w- my question wasn't as about big as that big. of a statement. It still, it still doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. Because then that, that's taking that extra mile for your consumers as opposed to just one step to show that you care. Yeah. Right. Um, there are examples of brands that do that a lot um, and not because because of the work with them but generally I think Red Bull is a good one because then you had the Red Bull BC1 you had the RBMA the Red Bull Music Academy they started doing different initiatives that I felt like it worked or like the Red Bull online radio station that just brought phenomenal DJs yep. from around the yeah, world yeah that's dope and they just feature all their mixes yeah right like these things are beyond the product yeah Right, and I think that's where, as a brand, you show that you care. It's beyond having this transaction. Salam. Salam.